0: Selling that house felt like selling a part of my parents. It felt like I was selling my memories and the last place that they both were. So I really had to come back to that concept of home Mm -hmm. that I always like to compare in the movie, The Wizard of Oz with Dorothy, who spends the entire movie looking for, how do I get home? How do I get back to Auntie Em and Uncle Henry, I believe. And so literally the whole movie is about how does Dorothy get home? And of course, those that know the story know at the end of the movie, she finds out that home is inside of her.
1: Hello, and welcome to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives, in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right into today's episode. Thank you for joining us today for today's episode with Liza Peterson. Liza and I have become friends because she's already been a guest on the podcast before the episode called, uh, oh my good, Morning Doves. Did I, yes, it was right, right. If you have not heard that episode, go back and listen to that one before you listen to this one and you can get a more rounded um, story of what happened before. So here we are recording now. Liza is a yoga instructor, a Reiki practitioner, and a mom of four beautiful children. And she is also in the performing arts. She studied musical theater or yeah, musical theater, right? Do you perform? Yeah, musical theater. She also does ballroom dancing. You didn't put this in your bio. But she does ballroom dancing as well. And now with the passing of both her mom and her dad in the past, four and a half years she is now on a mission to help other people also that have gone through similar journeys as hers and supported and so she created an Instagram account called Wings of Resilience Healing and she's happy to connect with people on there too so listening to your story today again I'm so happy to see you welcome Liza
0: you too and I think I did mention the ballroom on my bio did you put it um, let me see
1: I don't see it oh yes you do have it there you do have it there ballroom. That's, that's, you're on busy it is lady, my
0: friend it's okay <laughs> but but it's it's an important point to make because ballroom as I just shared with uh two friends ballroom um and latin dance have been a wonderful uh part of my life but when my parents passed away, it became a real healing modality
1: for me. So I had to make sure we plugged that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that is is so true. Like there's so many different tools that we use and we don't realize how much the arts play a part in that healing for a lot of people. And, and sometimes we end up discovering new forms of expression that we didn't even know we had before. I mean, you have studied musical theater and so forth before. So dance, of course, is part of that musical theater yeah. aspect. But was ballroom dancing something you did prior to your parents' passing or is it something Yes,
0: Yes, my husband, Matt, and I actually started uh, doing ballroom dancing for our wedding. That healing for a lot of In- and then sometimes we end up discovering new forms of oh, expression.
1: Oh my! Bo- what we is going?
0: on? You guys! And you have
1: started do you hear theater. this? My and watch so is talking. So yeah. Like, right, Where it's is like- this? Music.
0: Musical theater aspect. What was ballroom dance? I never
1: told it to talk. Okay, this it's is so my weird.
0: Background. It's talking about my theater background and my musical theater and What? Ballrooms. I'm taking this.
1: What is this? Was a little freaky. My watch just started. That is a little freaky. What? I'm sorry. It did the watch just started talking. That's why I'm like I'm sorry. I was like it totally. Maybe it's my parents. <laughs> You never know. It started giving me a whole description of, and I'm like, where's that voice coming from? I have my headset on. Okay, I I'm looked like, at my- They're talking about me, ballroom, like healing modality. Did you hear that? Oh my goodness. I'm like, what is up with that? Okay. Has that happened to you before? Have you ever had like any technical, sorry for that loop right that totally threw me off right there, but I was so, so for you listeners, sorry about that, but I totally segue here. Liza, has that ever happened to you? Like- things like that with technology or little Um, glitches like that, that you end up thinking, wait a minute. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, The reason I'm saying like, you know, tongue in cheek, but not really that it could be my parents is, I've had a lot of, if that's what you're asking me, a lot of experiences of things I couldn't really explain otherwise. Like we had this um, love sign that we got at Target that lit up and it's battery operated. And I remember one time, it just went on and I'm like, that's so funny because I don't think it has the batteries in it. I think they needed to be changed. And sure enough, it lit up the word love and there was no batteries in it. And I believe my mom hadn't passed at that point. So I was like, I think it's my dad.
1: Chills <laughs> so that's on why my I was
0: like, Oh, well, they are they are, you know, spewing back to me what I just said about ballroom dancing, you know, being, you know, a healing tool for me about musical theater. <laughs>
1: crazy they wanted to
0: make their presence known from the beginning of the podcast
1: who knows because literally i didn't say like siri i didn't say whatever this i don't even know how to ask the phone the watch to talk i don't even know what command i'm supposed to tell it but the fact that it just started to talk who who knows anyway so yes so ballroom so you and matt had been taking lessons i totally got (laughs) this okay so
0: we're back to the ballroom So uh, when we were getting married, uh, we started taking ballroom lessons to create our wedding dance and learn how to do um, social dancing. And we ended up both actually liking it so much that we stayed with it together through the birth of our second child, Charlie. And then we got to a certain point where Matt was like, I love this, but it's not really practical for both of us to do this. And so then I started dancing with My partner, and I've had various partners over the years, Uh, but I've, you know, I've taken little breaks to have babies, but pretty much
1: have stayed in the ballroom. (laughs) That is so, so wonderful. And so now then, how did that then kind of become now also something that has allowed you in your grieving journey? I know you did a dance in honor of your mom. So would you like to talk a little bit about that?
0: Yes. Um, Yeah, it's completely changed At first, you know, this was something we did for fun, socially. You know, I enjoyed it. Then I enjoyed the performing aspect because we do a yearly show every year on uh, the Terrytown musical stage that's near where I live. But really, it started when my dad was sick. I started to think about how could I make a dance to honor him. And I did a dance to the song, My Heart Belongs to Daddy. And I was able to do that for my dad while he was still alive. Meant so much to me. Meant so much to him. And then after my mom passed away suddenly, I really felt like I didn't know what was going to happen. I wasn't prepared. And I did not get to say goodbye. So I... Looked at, it as, looked at it as an opportunity to create a piece that for all intents and purposes was the goodbye to my mom that I never got to do. So we did uh, this beautiful song. I don't know if you know the singer Jim Brickman, but he's so talented and it's called A Mother's Love. I call it the gift of a mother's love. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful, beautiful piece that I not only uh, was able to perform um, at our showcase, which because of Covid was recorded that year. But I then went on and was able to do it live at a couple of different competitions. And every time people would say to me that knew me and even the judges who maybe didn't know me, but could read between the lines of the message that my message was delivered. So it's just it's just taken on a whole a whole different um, way of using dancing and moving energy I've used it a lot to kind of move the energy of grieving. you know when I feel like I'm in a funk I'm like let's go hit the ballroom (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: and and since we last spoke let's see when when was that what it was June of 2020 Okay, thank you, because I the episode aired probably like October, so I'm trying to think when it even aired at that time in 2020, but yes, you were one of my, because I started recording March of 2020, and so you were one of the first guests I had that year, and a lot has changed since, and that's the reason we decided to do this follow-up uh, podcast, because so much has changed since that episode so in the tools that you have been using since you've added then also now yoga and that had kind of started part being part of your of your process then but since then you've become a yoga instructor since we last talked so talk about that because you talked about moving your body and you know using movement as also moving your grief through and dance how has that has yoga and then becoming a yoga instructor been part of that journey for you?
0: Well, yoga, my yoga journey, I really started around the time my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And for the longest time, and, and to this day, really, it, it has saved me. The practice of yoga, the healing aspect of yoga, the ability, again, to move your body, to move energy, to distract that what we call the monkey mind in yoga, to focus on your breath. You know, when we connect to our breath, That's your anchor. So when I always tell students, you know, whenever you find your mind wander, come back to your breath and remember that your breath is your anchor. So for a long time, yoga, you know, I was the student and I also went to a wonderful group of healers. I had very blessed with a big surprise, uh, surprise, surprise. big, uh, Mm -hmm. full of support. Um, both for you know, Reiki and healing and sound healing, but also um, with yoga instruction. And at the beginning of last year, the beginning of 2020, I started to really just say, this is the year to become a yoga teacher. I mean, it had been on my radar quite a bit over the years. And I feel like I wanted to do it not that long after my dad passed away and it was too soon. Then I wanted to do it again and my mom passed away. <laughs> So it was never the right time. And then last year, I still paused about it because it was a virtual training mostly. And I'm such a people person that I really saw myself doing it in person. But I will tell you a very funny story. Um, My teacher um, who did the training, her name is Carla. She's amazing. She's up in Rhinebeck, which is not where I live, but it's a place that I visit very often. And my friend Kate and I would often take her classes when we were up in Rhinebeck. So it was always on my mind and in my heart that I wanted to do a training at Rhinebeck Yoga, but I never knew how it would come to be because Rhinebeck is a good hour and a half away. And with the four kids and knowing this was a 200 hour training, I was not sure how it was going to happen. And so she put it out and I kind of went back and forth in my mind and I was like, yeah, probably not now. And she literally texted me. I think it was like the last day to sign up. And she said, I don't know if you have any interest, Liza, but I just have this feeling that you're supposed to be there, and once she said that, you know, it took a, still a little bit of like figuring out, and and she had said, you know, if you want an in-person aspect, you can come up, and a couple of us can, you know, with the masks because of COVID, can get together in person, and so I was like, done. So then I went into the training, which is very intense, <laughs> gratifying, um, exciting, uh, but a lot of work. And then I finished the training last April and started doing some community classes here in our town of Chapel Claw in June. And by the end of the summer, I started teaching yoga at a wonderful place near our house called Homebody. Body. The, the store that is in the front of the yoga studio, which is owned by the same wonderful Deanna is called Home Beauty Wellness. And she basically gave me a wonderful opportunity, handpicked me out of my training, has been mentoring me, and I've been slowly flying my wings as a teacher. And it's uh, been really super gratifying to be able to hold space for people, you know, when so many wonderful humans have done that for me.
1: I remember when you were sitting in the car about to go in to go to, I think you were sitting, I think I was walking my dog. And we were talking over the phone and I think you're yeah. sitting in your car about to go teach that first class, the trial one, I think it was, and you're like, I'm so nervous. I can't believe I'm gonna be teaching. And it's like, yeah, now it's been almost a year, and that's just so yeah. amazing.
0: Yeah, so- it's 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 just so nice to give back. That's 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 how it feels to me because this practice has been such a gift to me. And to be able to give that to other people is really gratifying
1: Uh, that's wonderful Um, and you are such a giver the uh instagram uh handle that you created and the posts you put there are just so inspiring as well and for having gone through what you went through in that short period of time um you know losing your parents two years apart and then you know it's been four and a half years since but um and being able to share that with others that have gone through that, and your space as well as you know, opening up your your, your heart as well as space and time for others is just so beautiful. Um, I want to ask you a little thank bit you. more than. <laughs> oh yes, I should allow the space for the thank you <laughs> for the yeah, receiving. Well,
0: say thank you. It's, a, it's an honor. It's an honor to
1: share my story and help people there as well. It's beautiful. Now let's talk about what has occurred then since. When, uh, let's see. When we last spoke, things like the selling of your parents' home, all those kind of things, had not occurred yet. Um, Let's go into because we've talked since. I know a little bit of the you know details and emotional things that have have occurred. So let's go a little bit into that aspect as well as. One of the things you also wanted to share, which was uh, trying to find closure around your mom's passing, which was a sudden it was uh, an act and she she got the circumstances where she got hit by a car um, and the circumstances around trying to find closure around that as well. So whichever one you want to target first, whether the home and that how that was part of your kind of grief journey of the 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 home and that you grew up in, and then also the finding closure in a different way than what you thought was going to be it. So you go you pick which one you want to target for go first. Absolutely.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting that you use the word closure because I already mentioned it as far as the dance that I created for my mom because she was hit uh, by someone who was texting, I will add, and died suddenly and immediately. So there was no opportunity to prepare. There was no opportunity to say goodbye. And, you know, it's been a really hard process to find closure, you know, if you ever can truly when you lose sure. someone you love. Um, and so I would say you mentioned one of the big challenges for me was last fall we were selling my parents' house and It was not the house that I grew up in, but it was the only other house they ever lived in. And to me, I really wrestled and we had this conversation with selling that house felt like selling a part of my parents. It felt like I was selling my memories and the last place that they both were. So I really had to come back to that concept of home Mm -hmm. that I always like to compare in the movie, The Wizard of Oz with Dorothy, who spends the entire movie looking for, how do I get home? How do I get back to Auntie M and Uncle Henry, I believe. And so literally the whole movie is about how does Dorothy get home? And of course, those that know the story know at the end of the movie, she finds out that home is inside of her and that to get to her actual physical home, She just has to click her heels three times and she's there. So as I was going through this very painful selling of the house, I kept trying to imagine that I was Dorothy because the truth is not only is home inside of me, but so is everything that I loved and appreciated about my parents. All those wonderful memories were not in the physical stuff in my parents' house, it's in me. It's in my heart. It's in my soul. And whenever I want to remember them and remember those times, just like Dorothy, I just have to close my eyes, right? And I'll be home. So that was something I really had to go through with the selling of that house. Um, And I believe you were there the day that like...
1: my brother and i october like, for, really october nice. 4th wasn't it october 4th was that right well,
0: october 4th was the day my mom passed yes but wasn't it close
1: us. but it was close to that date i remember it was close october to her 1st. it was it october was 1st. okay okay it was october 1st right by the way people we have eliza and i have never met in person by the way as i'm we're talking as when we say we've developed a friendship and that i've talked this is the first time we're actually seeing each other face yes, to face as yes. we're recording this I so I as you're hearing you, all this
0: if you yeah. hear me sniff i do <laughs> not have covid it's just <laughs> outside and inside allergies and Dead. it's so cold in new york while we're recording this today like 16 <laughs> degrees with like very cold. look ones. at
1: me i'm in texas and i'm wearing a scarf
0: okay so ken <laughs> who's wearing a scarf so
1: <laughs> and <laughs> i'm in texas he, and it's cold you so
0: sniff, you know yes so so that that was the selling of the house and you know i've continued to have to remind myself of that because there are times that i really do miss going to that physical house and connect that with my parents our life together our family our you know the original i called the, the core four the original four warners warner my maiden name my parents myself and my brother ross but when i find myself in that loop i think about dorothy So that was, that was step one. And
1: I need to digest that. I need to digest that for a second, for a second. I, because that was just so moving because I've only really seen that as a child, that that concept of what you described there makes me see. Wizard of Oz completely differently now so I want to thank you for that (laughs) first off and for that association of the coming home and that really just home is within and the part of the memories I that just thank you for for sharing that that was a huge share I wrote that down as you were talking because it was like something that touched me so thank you
0: I appreciate that well the Wizard of Oz has so many nuggets it really does if you you know, step out of it just from a child's perspective about the theatrics of it because they're, you know, that's incredible too. Mm -hmm. The messages are so deep. And the messages of home, you know, talking about, you know, that COVID Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the same thing. You know, we've all had to kind of come to grips with being at home so much and realizing that, like, that's just your physical space. Mm -hmm. Your actual home is within you. Mm -hmm. And everything you need is right there. And that's a very tough lesson to learn. And as I said, even Mm -hmm. once I felt like I learned a lesson, I had to go back and say, wait a minute. Your parents are not in the physical house. Their memories are not in the physical house. And stuff, I learned that too. Stuff is just stuff. Mm -hmm. When somebody passes away, nobody really wants your stuff, right? Like my dad's t-shirt collection, I think I maybe mentioned that in the last podcast. It's just his t-shirt collection. It's just more stuff for people to sort out. You know, all his gadgets, My mom was very neat and had already cleaned out a lot of stuff since my father passed away, but believe me, there was still a lot of stuff. Mm. And that was a real lesson to me too, that things are just things, that's what they are. Mm -hmm. They're not the person, they're not at the end of the day, the thing that makes you who you are.
1: Are they still in a a storage or have you been able to go through the storage? Yeah, not not really
0: to be honest with you. What happened was that the sale of the house happened so fast that eventually, you know, we just took everything out quickly. It was surrounding our whole house. And finally, my husband got very smart and was like, if you don't have the heart to go through this now, let's just put it in the attic. And Mm -hmm. when you're ready, you're ready. Because every time, despite what I just said, I'd go through it. I would start to break down Mm -hmm. and it just didn't seem worth it. Mm -hmm. And Because then I knew you are still associating your parents with this stuff. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> when yeah, you have learned it, this lesson, you can do it.
1: <laughs> you know, that that is so true. You have to kind of remove yourself a little bit. And sometimes that removing is sometimes the aspect of time that just afterwards when you go back to it then gives you that space to then see, wait a minute, I, I, I have not missed this in the past You know, year that I have not looked at it. I have not um you know what I mean like I have not even looked at it in the past year do I really need it and this goes not only for things like this of when we've had loved ones pass away and that attachment that we have to that but it can also go as us even as parents all these little art things that we keep from our kids that they that ends up accumulating that we're like wait do I need all of this as well you know and sometimes we have to let some years go by and then like okay let's go back and see really what do we keep so that that was smart so I know you were about to go into the part of sharing the other aspect. And I paused you there because I wanted to digest on everything you had said there regarding uh, home. So thank you for sharing that. So share with us then the second part of this two part question.
0: Right. Which again is about closure. Mm -hmm. So I thought, so I had mentioned um, in the beginning of this, that my mother was killed by somebody who was texting. And as part of that, he was charged with vehicular manslaughter, which sort of the irony of my mom's case is she lived in Connecticut and in the state of Connecticut within just a few days of her passing, I think it was October 1st, 2019, this law went into effect and she was killed October 4th, 2019. Uh, the state of Connecticut had changed texting to be be considered a felony, which all it really means is that the potential for jail time was more. So this gentleman looking at potentially one to three years in jail. Now, of course, I always wrestled with doesn't matter because it's not gonna bring her back. And at the end of the day, this was an accident. He made a poor choice that caused my family, and it will forever, cause us real harm and hurt. But it was an accident. I had to keep telling myself, you know, he didn't try to kill my mom. Mm -hmm. It was a bad choice. So basically, from almost the time he was charged on, I was very involved with the case. I had a wonderful victim advocate through the Danbury court system. My mom's best friend, Mara, and I would talk. My dad's brother, my uncle, Jeffrey. We would all have these, like, constant meetings about the case, about strategy, about what was going on. And a lot of it was delayed because of COVID. And just in general, the court system is extremely behind. And when we finally did talk to the prosecutor, he was telling us that he was just starting to try cases from 2017. And she died in 2019. So we were looking at... A long time to wait for this court date but the three of us my mom's best friend and my uncle and I had all said that we would like to make a victim impact statement about my mom about who she was about her life just again just to make her voice be heard mm-hmm. and so that was always in the works but we were always looking at could be years literally and so I would often sit there and I try to remember this now knowing what I know now that it would be difficult to continue to heal and to be on this healing journey and then pull be pulled back into it by Mm -hmm. having to make this victim impact statement and seeing the man who hit her which I've never had never seen him so um I want to say that this was Several months ago, um, we had received word from the Danbury court that they were told that this man who hit her had passed away. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that, I was crushed. One, because he's still a person and even with what happened, loss of life is loss of life. But more emphatically, I thought there goes my chance for closure, Hmm. no more court case because there's no more person to prosecute, no more ability for the three of us to come together and keep in my eyes and in my heart, my mom's memory going. I also realized it was a way to distract me from my own personal grief because as long as I was focused on that court case, I was not focused on how much I missed my mother, about the fact that I didn't have a mother, that I didn't have parents. Like I didn't realize how much I had squashed that down and busied myself with the court case. So after that happened, I spent some time talking to my tribe, my circle of support and the conclusion that they came to that resonated with me was maybe this happened for a reason. For whatever reason, I was not meant to be in that courtroom. I was not meant to come face to face with the man who killed my mom. And that if I wanted closure, I would have to find it a different way. Hmm. And, you know, and I also realized too that it made me really have to come to terms with this man and how I felt because I really did feel like I needed to punish him I needed to make a point I felt like it was in my hands um because I don't think my brother would be upset with my saying he really didn't want to be involved with the court case he didn't want to know about this man he didn't want to know about the details and I respect that in my brother because he was concerned that it would make him angry Mm -hmm. so angry that he could never get past it Mm -hmm. I realized my brother was pretty wise here because I didn't realize how much anger I had held towards this person. Even though, again, it was an accident. I know he didn't do it on purpose. And he was troubled in a lot of different capacities. But my mother away for all intents and purposes. And I held a lot of angry anger and resentment towards him. And when you do that towards anybody, it's not healthy. It doesn't serve you. And it doesn't hurt that person. Mm-hmm. It hurts you. So, what I ended up doing that made a huge difference is Kate, my both healer and very good friend who lives in New Jersey. I went down to New Jersey not long after I found out he passed away. And she had me write a letter to this man and basically write everything to him that if I was in that courtroom today, you would have said, "Mm -hmm." I would have said, just to get it all out. I cried, I screamed, I did what I needed to do. And then we burned part of the letter. And then the other part of the letter, we went down to the Jersey shore and let it go in the wind. And I have to say after that, the good news, bad news, <laughs> the grief came. <laughs> <laughs> call up the grief, massive grief come in about my mom. And pretty much ever since, because it was like, once that focus was taken away, on what really mattered which is my relationship with my mom my mother her life what she stood for who she was what she meant to me and my family and what she will always mean to us Mm. and what I also found is I changed my perspective a bit about this man which was I don't now don't have to take care of him or Mm. punish him or let, let him go, so to speak. Whatever you believe, for me, it's like God will take care of him. And he will have to face his own fate and his own decisions. And in that way, I feel like a burden is released from me. Because even though at the end of the day, a court system would have decided this, I still felt like I, Liza, <laughs> wanted to decide this man's fate because of the pain he caused me mm-hmm. in my family. But by realizing now that like he's not on this earth, God will take care of him. Mm-hmm. He will work out his fate with God. <laughs> and now I can continue on in my path and remember my mom and do what I can do to heal my pain. Mm. So that has been the way I, I don't know that I would call it closure because what it ended up doing was just, you know, this, this is in a way opened me up to more pain because mm-hmm. I realized that I was not really leaning into the reality of this. And you know, that is today, if you were to ask me what I'm grappling with, that I wasn't back then. I was still in shock. Like my mom had hadn't even gone a year at that point. And I think we were in the three-month shutdown. So like mm-hmm. there was so much. There were so many on. things. Yes, yes, yes. So I couldn't even lean into the reality that I am
1: truly in. And how does it feel to be? now actually feeling those emotions and what do they show up or how do they show up? Do they show up in tears? Do they show up? How, how is grief kind of showing up now in the ways that it didn't show up before?
0: Um, well, I was always a crier. (laughs) I'm still a crier, but it's very different. It's I have since, and this is an important point to make the one piece that I didn't have, I have had wonderful yoga teachers, wonderful healers around me, energy healers, dance teachers, friends, family. I never sought somebody who was specifically trained to deal with grief counseling. So what I finally did, um, is seek a grief counselor. So now only since the end of September, um, I've been going to grief counseling and I have found that to be so cathartic. Um, and the grief, the sadness, the releases are bigger. They're deeper. They're more painful, right? You always, I, I, Kate, I'm going to take this from Kate because I repeat this all the time and it's so profound. You have to feel it to heal it. Mm -hmm. there is no that's what I've realized there is no way around it I can sit here Mm -hmm. and say I don't have to get sad I don't have to get angry I don't have to cry I don't have to scream yes I do we all do Mm -hmm. that's the only way it can get out right and my grief counselor is always like up and out up and out get it up and out you know and also in building a community of meeting other people who have lost people so that it's you know that you you create effectively a grief group, a grief counseling group, other people you can go to. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually have been able to go away with some of them. You create community and you realize that there are so many of us right now that are grieving, that are going through loss. And, you know, I can not sit here and talk about grief and remind people that grief means so many things. I'm talking about the loss of my parents and the loss of physical life. But grief can be anything, right? Grief can be the loss of a job. Grief can be the loss of a marriage. It can be the loss of the freedom that I think a lot of us feel now with COVID and shutdowns and restrictions and masks and all of that, right? Grief encompasses a lot of different things. And I've realized even, and we discussed this, I think last time, secondary grief.
1: Oh, so many. I'm not. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> yeah. not just
0: grieving yeah. the loss of my parents. I'm grieving the loss of having parents, I'm grieving the loss of having people to celebrate holidays with, I'm grieving the loss of having my parents to help me with my children, I'm grieving the loss of not having people to be able to ask like important questions that may come up like in my medical history or in my life or being able to call them and ask their opinion on something, Mm -hmm. right? I'm grieving the loss of that house still to go there and having that safe space. You know, I felt that so much this morning in my grief counseling, you know, that, that loss of just not having that like home to go to. That's like my parents and safe and celebrating holidays and just being able to stop by there and just feeling at home with my parents because they, you know, they're my parents and they brought me here and were my, with me my whole life and knew me better than anybody. So, That's also coming through a lot is that secondary grief. And I've been feeling a lot of like, well, those people have parents and I don't. Oh, that person has a mom. I don't have a mom anymore. And I know you and I were talking a little bit last night about people, like being around people who might complain about their parents Mm -hmm. and then just feeling a deep sadness because it's like, well, I wish my parents were here to complain about them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people do it very unknowingly but you know as a mother of two teenagers and i think you are as well it, that's what it's like it's like teenagers feel left out for so many different reasons but it doesn't get easier unfortunately when you're an adult and when you have lost okay. because anytime you see somebody have something that you had but don't have anymore
1: it's a Triggered. reminder again. Yeah, it's a reminder again. And uh, yeah, it could be triggering. And, and and there's a point in which maybe it doesn't trigger you as much, you know, anymore. Um, but yeah, it's always going to kind of just be there in the back of your mind and thoughts, you know. So, uh, wow, that is so much that you shared. Let's go a uh, little deeper into just how did you find your grief counselor, was it referral? Was it somebody, you know, how, how did you find your grief counselor? Because finding someone that you can connect with that either it's in the grief counselors counseling space, whether it's a grief coach, whether it's a grief support group with other peers that are grieving, those things are there as tools and not everyone necessarily goes that route in their grief journey. But can you share a little how you found your grief counselor? And um, because that I, I think that's important to to talk about a little too.
0: Absolutely. Um, it's actually kind of cute. So Kate, who I mentioned, um, she grew up with this wonderful grief counselor and she's also an energy healer. And we her name had come up a few years ago. And for whatever reason, we we didn't meet each other or connect, and we were at a coffee place um, in in a close town called Terrytown where I dance, and we ran into this grief counselor, who, again, is somebody that Kate grew up with, and, you know, we were kind of talking, and Kate and I walked away, and she's like, huh, it's so funny, why would we be connecting at this point, like, we haven't talked in so long. Like we we're always very, very fond of each other and really liked each other and respected each other's work. But like, why now? And she's like, you, mm. you Liza, mm. she, she's here for you. I'll say her name because she's fabulous. Lisa, Lisa Liza, <laughs> mm-hmm. Lisa's here for you. Mm. And so then it was like, hmm. I have never seen somebody who specifically, and she has an MS in bereavement and Grief. She herself lost her father at 17 years old. He was only 44. Mm. And she's been running groups and helping people of all ages for years and years and years. And she's an energy healer. So it was like... The
1: perfect and, alignment, in alignment, oh in God. alignment with oh you. Yeah. And
0: so not long after that, um, she does a lot of events around our town. And, it, oh, oh, I know, I can't believe I forgot. Then it got even more like synchronistic the place that I taught yoga Lisa was coming to do an event around that same time and so we that's why we had already Kate and I had already started to to talk about Talk about her then we ran into her at the coffee place and then she was coming to the yoga studio where I taught to do an energy healing event I went to the event after I had met her and I was like I love her energy I love everything about her I think she would be a really big help to me. And then we started, you know, working together at that point. And it's just, it's just been so helpful to talk to somebody that this is what I call their bread and butter. You know, I've been able to ask her questions. I feel like I haven't been able to ask anybody else because this is her thing. She always says, mm-hmm. like some people are CPAs, right? And they deal with taxes. She goes, I deal with grief. <laughs> so there's yeah. nothing you can say, do, scream, cry, like nothing shocks me. totally safe and protected and her whole demeanor is beautiful and like i said she knows because you know i think she's in her mid-30s she's been without a a dad for a very long time Mm -hmm. so to go to somebody not only who's trained in this but who knows about this from experience is vitally important and Mm -hmm. then it just turned out to be golden that her and kate are close and grew up together but it's made me become an even more force, uh, even more forceful advocate for grief counseling and going to a grief group, um, because it was something I honestly really wanted my mom to do after my dad died, and she dug her heels and she didn't want to do it. And I couldn't speak from experience until now, and just having other women that I can go to, um, and going to somebody like Lisa who knows so much about grief and who can answer these like questions that I've been. Some of them haunting me for so long. It, it just means everything to me.
1: That is, that is so important, and especially also you being the mom of four. It's not only that you go for yourself, but the fact that now also you have tools to then help your children even navigate their own grief of losing both their grandparents in that period of two years, that is also vital as well, right? The tools that you yourself gain to then be able to help your children navigate their grief journey. And,
0: and yes, and I can add one more piece. Um, something else that has changed for me also is I have suffered another loss, unfortunately, which is a dear friend of mine. Her name is Fran. She passed away just two months ago yesterday. But the reason that I bring this up besides wanting to take a few moments to talk about this incredible human is I think immediately about her daughter and how important it has been for me to be able to help her and how that loss also affected my daughter because this was somebody like we traveled to competitions with somebody. She loved Fran, you know, and she loved, she's very close with Fran's daughter. So that is also where Lisa has been incredibly helpful because I started to ask her advice about, you know, how can I help Fran's daughter? You know, how can I help my daughter? You know, how can I get through this? And, you know, it was, again, I say the word synchronistic, but I've experienced that in so many beautiful ways, which is Fran passed away on November 10th. That weekend, I was going away with Lisa and some of the other um, women, and literally Fran passes away like right before we went. And I have to say, the way that Lisa and those other women held my heart, I'll never forget. It just it, it meant so much to me. They made me feel so safe and so loved and so protected. And then, like I said, after that, I was able to really have a lot of conversations with Lisa on how do I help Fran's daughter, how do I help my daughter. You know, how do I grieve the loss of my friend? And, you know, I I have to also get out Fran's message because Fran was somebody who taught me about living in the present moment. Fran had her daughter, I think she was 40. And within a few months of having her daughter, she found out that she had, I believe she first found out she had kidney cancer. Went into remission. Then a few years later, she found out she had breast cancer. Mm. went into remission. And then six years ago, she found out she had lung cancer. And as we all, mo- I'm sure know, it's it's a much harder cancer to treat. And I, I don't believe she ever went into remission. It was all about like treatment and mm-hmm. being able to kind of keep things at bay. Well, as I said, on November 10th, sadly, she lost her battle, 55 years old, but an incredible human who literally lived every day to the fullest. She mm. lived fully in the present moment and did not allow anything to infiltrate her that would take her energy. And her own daughter who I just recently had a beautiful lunch with her and my daughter said, my mom used to, she has an older brother. She goes, she used to like, just look at us. We'd be like talking to her and she'd just be like taking us in. Mm. And I said, that's because your mom lived every day to her fullest. That's because your mom knew that every day could be her last day. Mm -hmm. So therefore she lived like it, you know? And then she went on to share with me, her daughter, that her favorite place to go was Cape Cod. And she said, my mom could sit at a beach and stare at that sunset for hours and hours and hours. And she goes, I would want her to go do stuff with me and she would just want to sit there. And I said, that's it again. The value of a sunset the value of a beach the beauty of just being able to be unfortunately she had to learn it through deathly illness you know deathly you know mm-hmm, basically mm-hmm. Facing terminal, death terminal illness yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah but you know that uh, that unfortunately has happened since then but i really feel like it's pushed me that when i'm in my stuff to be like don't waste a minute. Don't waste a minute. You know, and obviously my mom's passing,
1: right? Was like, sudden, you know? right? Was sudden. You didn't know that that was the last day you were gonna talk to her or things like that. Yes, the 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 learnings, the teachings that those that have died leave behind are part of that legacy, right? So now Fran's daughter knows to live life in the present because she saw it in her mom. You, as her friend, also learned that as well, and so it's a an amazing. Legacy that she has left now, as we're closing out, is there any other thing that you wanted to share on this podcast that I have not asked you, miss Liza?
0: Hmm. Well, you know you talked in the beginning a little bit about my Instagram, which is called Wings of Resilience Healing, and you were actually one of the main influences as to why I created that in the first place, but I wanted to go back to it because it's not only been a wonderful healing tool for me to share my story, but it also has been a wonderful way to create outreach. And that would be something I would want to really emphasize, which is for people to never feel like they're alone because it's very easy to feel like you're alone and that you're the only one going through stuff, even now with with COVID and everything that's come with it for all of us. But the more people that I meet and talk to and connect to, I realize that every single person right now, to some degree, is suffering, Mm -hmm. is dealing with loss, even if it's not an actual person. And to realize that whether it be me, who I'd love to talk to you and help you and support you, or whether it be in your own community, there are always people to talk to. There's always people who will support you and help you and make it better. And to not give up. That's why it's called Wings of Resilience Healing. (laughs) We are all so resilient. You can handle so much more. I mean, I never thought that I'd be able to survive. It's been almost two and a half years since my mom died. Two and a half years without either parent. And even at 47, almost 48 years old, I still wouldn't have thought I'd be able to get this far without my parents. So please don't give up. And if you need help, reach out to me, reach out to Kendra, reach out to people in your community, but don't give up. And realize that we are all going through it. So we might as well go through it together. Together.
1: And that is so important that you're sharing this because a lot of times too, people realize after they've experienced a loss that sometimes the people in their own immediate circle might not end up being there for them in their grief because they may not know how to even hold space for them in that moment. Sometimes people don't have those type of people around them. So reaching out to, you know, either on Facebook groups, Instagram, or just in your own community, finding these grief support groups is so important so that you do not feel alone because it may not be in your own immediate circle that you find that it may be outwardly that you that you do. But um, yeah, it is- And looking it, sometimes- for,
0: you know- he- you know, healing modalities too. I, You know, I might've mentioned this in the other podcast, but, you know, for me, it was dance and yoga and continues to be, but like, whatever that is for you. Like, if you like to paint, if you like to read romance novels, if you, if you like to walk in nature, like find what lights you up and makes the dark days less dark.
1: There we go. Repeat that one more time. Cause that was just beautiful. <laughs>
0: find what lights you up. To make the dark days less dark.
1: Beautiful. Thank you, my dear friend, Liza. Thank you. And I am so
0: grateful for you, for your (laughs) friendship, for your love, for your support, because you are an amazing human. And you're trying to help so many people who need it they need Uh, it
1: i am grateful for you and for you to connect with me after you heard one of your friends be on the podcast and reach out and that we've been able to uh, develop this friendship and support each other in our own grief journeys has been beautiful so thank you once again again this was liza peterson on the podcast today and again you can find her on Instagram, Wings of Resilience Healing uh, is her handle. So thank you, my dear.
0: Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. So honored. This is.
1: I am, the honor was mine. Bye, honey. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief if so it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode and if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this please do so also if you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.